This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Debbie, you just opened my mind to a lot. <laughs> it's super fun, right? My perspective has changed. I don't think I would have stayed, you know, working in the same field for this long if it wasn't like super fun. I love it. It's groundbreaking. Hey, thanks for listening to We're Momming today. If you're listening on a smart speaker or website, make sure to find me, Lauren Simonetti, on your favorite podcast platform like Apple Podcasts, Google, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And don't forget to leave me a review. We're momming today about garbage. One man's trash is another man's treasure. And we are joined by Debbie Molesky, a chemical engineer and the senior technical leader of sustainable materials at Ford Motor Company. Hi there. Debbie, thanks for coming on. It's, it's a pleasure, really. You know, it's, your title is uh, impressive. You are a mom, a chemical engineer. You basically look at garbage. You look at a landfill, and you think of all the wonderful things that you can do with that. Not a lot of people think like that. How did this all start? Yeah, really? Um, my dad was a um, depression kid mm. and a World War II vet, and I think he um, saw value in everything. And so I spent my um, childhood years like pulling over to the curb and looking in people's trash. And my mother would roll her eyeballs like she just didn't have it. But I had it. I had this desire to, oh my gosh, look at that good pipe, copper pipe. Let's pick it up. And so I think I was raised with use everything twice, three times, and I just love it. And so it permeates my whole life. And so naturally this job... Um, I have a lot of passion for. It's so funny because when you were saying you were looking at someone's trash, I thought you were going to say, you know, as a kid, you were looking for a toy. You'd reuse the plastic after playing with the toy, but you said a, a, copper, a, pipes, a copper pipe. Steel pipes. Um, <laughs> you know, my dad would pieces of wood. Oh, we can use that. I'm like, oh, yeah, we can use that. <laughs> so where did you go to school? When did you decide to be a chemical engineer? What was it like being a woman in that field? So um, I went to Centerline High School in um, its a suburb of Detroit in Michigan. And um, out of my class, my high school class, I was one of the only, I was the only woman that ended up in the engineering program. Oh, wow. I actually studied chemistry for one year and then moved into engineering. Didn't realize there was a thing called chemical engineering. And... Um, then my first job was at Ford, and I am still at that first job because I just loved doing research. Okay, this is where I have to give you some pushback because you were telling me you've been with Ford for decades, um, but you got kicked out of a couple of board meetings because you'd come in with your, hey, this is my trash, and this is what I can make out of it. And Ford, you want to buy these products, and you want to put these products in your vehicles, and they basically closed the door and said, get out of here. They did it over and over, and really we would get on somebody's schedule to talk about our new exciting materials that had uh, a lower impact on the planet. We're all excited, and our time came up. We, I would stand up, and they'd say, hey, are you that green lady? And I'd say proudly, yes, yes, that's me. <laughs> and they'd say, you can go now. 
and we're you just not took interested. It? You just took it. How did you um, persevere through this? Because my real job was to be in the laboratory, and that's where I was most comfortable. And so I knew that if we continued to work hard to develop the materials, that um, there would be a time at which this was the right thing to do, and the company would be ready for it. What and was sh- that time? Sure enough, in 2007, when oil prices went from $50 a barrel to $160 a barrel, everybody suddenly believes that petroleum's limited, right? And that was the time that everybody said, oh my gosh, do we still have that work going on with soy foam? And I said, yes, and look, it's ready to go. That green lady became that green as in money, profitable lady. For that day, yes. But as we continued to roll out new materials, so our our next one was a wheat straw-based bin Mm -hmm. in one of our vehicles. Um, I think people are getting used to the idea that these materials are durable, they're lighter in weight, so they improve fuel economy. There are so many reasons to do this beyond the giant one of let's help our planet and conserve our resources. Um, that we are starting to do it naturally at Ford. What is a, a typical day in the life of Debbie the mom consist of? Ooh, Debbie the mom. So my kids are getting older. Um, I have one a son who is 21 and a daughter who's 17. Uh, they're getting pretty independent and getting themselves ready to get out the door, but that wasn't always the case. Um, so I get to work fairly early and spend a long day in the lab, but I get home. I have to cook dinner. Um, we're vegetarians. My daughter's vegan, so the menu is kind of complicated. Um, then we start working on, does anybody need support in advanced calculus? Does anybody need support in foreign language? And I'm terrible at foreign language. So, so mom I'm- does advanced calculus and dad or a tutor does. No, my husband's a mathematician as well. Oh so, boy, so, yeah. your poor son. <laughs> yeah, he's in trouble. Yeah, so both of us are like, oh, I don't know any German. I don't know any Okay, but we need to talk about this dinner table. Okay, so you're vegan and you are very environmentally conscious. So... When you open your pantry, like, what does it look like? Because I know, and I'm, I'm, I feel bad even saying this, um, we throw out a lot of food. I don't always crush my boxes or recycle them sometimes when I'm rushing to do things. I, it's, it's bad. It's so funny you say What's that. What's it like in your because house? It's so funny you say that because I try so hard. Right? I mean, this is down in my bones to be... Yeah, uh, to to waste not and to reduce and and yet my daughter's even better and so than you yes and so sometimes she'll see me do something that's not quite environmentally right and she'll be like, oh, Mom, you don't do this every day, do you? Like and what? Give me an example. Uh, Mess up. So things like letting the water run while I'm brushing my teeth. You know, I'll get distracted. I'll turn around. She'll be like, oh, my gosh. And she comes and she, you know, righteously turns off the faucet. And so there's a lot of uh, criticism within the household to make sure that we're trying our best. I mean, and we're not perfect by any means. But more so than many families out there. She will see things in the trash bin that belong in the recycle bin. And then I'm like, oh, no, I'm rolling my head. Oh, no, here it comes. I guess you're constantly the hypocrite in your family, right? (laughs) To some extent. Yeah, it's impossible. And so your lead in was perfect because nobody can be perfect, but everybody should be trying. What's your daughter studying? She's 17. So she's 17. She's applying to chemical engineering programs Just both like in mom. the U.S. and her father's Canadian. So she's looking at Canadian schools as well. Does she um, 
reference you a lot, maybe in some essays that she has to write or interviews she has to have. No, Look but what it's my pretty... mom does at four. No, no, she's carving her own pathway. She was the first one to insist upon uh, veganism in the house. Um, and she wants to do something in the environment and something in chemical engineering. So everybody goes, oh, just like mom. And I said, please don't say that because she'll never want to do it. That's actually a good <laughs> right? point. Yeah, she no, wants no, to know. think of, you know, and she will find her own. There's so many different ways you can participate in um, trying to reduce our environmental footprint. We talk constantly um, about STEM and STEAM adding arts in there, science, technology, engineering, and math, uh, and a lack of female participation. Can you define, in your decades of experience in this field, you know, paving the path for so many, how it's changed, where we are now, and where we need to go? So I was the only uh, female within a class of about 500 in high school to study engineering. One out Um, of 500? uh, Well, graduating class is probably one and a half hundred. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so it wasn't a very likely thing to do back then. Um, when I started at Ford, I was one of very few women in the building um, of researchers. And so I've seen it grow. I've um, My first team was all women um, that worked on sustainable materials. And so I've seen the interest grow within women, the confidence in um, their abilities in high school grow. And so it's really an encouraging thing. I think we're going to get there. It's just taking a lot. It's taking a lot of time. Your whole team was women in sustainable materials? Yes. So initially, right. The initial team was five women. And um, it was interesting because we all had children sort of one after the other. And it was a, a very interesting experience because we all took up for one another, understanding exactly what the other person was going through. Oh, it's through. it's a motherhood pact, completely. Yes. It's yes. just like a silent, oh, you just had a baby, or oh, you have to like do school pickup. Okay, fine. Or go. somebody's sick, yeah. right? That's another one. <laughs> we and, got this. But let me tell you, it is really, really, uh, now I have a lot of gentlemen on my team, and I understand and they understand that I understand that they have those responsibilities as well. Yeah, glad you brought that up because dad does a lot these days. Yes. It's changed. Yes. It's changed a lot. And so it went from back then being a bunch of women sort of going, get out of here. I know you got to go. Your kid's sick. Go pick them up. I'll handle it. To now as human beings in our group, it's like you got some a responsibility. Get out. Go. And it doesn't matter if you're male or female. And Ford, from my history and working with the company, what I've seen, it's a very female friendly, a lot of women executives, which is unexpected at a at a car company yes you know yes um and very family friendly yes so they have uh they had way back a transitional work agreement program they still have it where women you it can be used by men it's but unfortunately it's still used mostly by women can work a percentage of time and and be paid for that percentage so you can do what's comfortable for you i came back after each child at 20 percent Mm-hmm. And so I just worked one day a week, then I upped it to two, then I upped it to three as I felt comfortable with uh, my daycare situation um, and my lifestyle in general. What advice would you give to anybody right now who has an idea and that idea just no one's listening to it? It's just it's either not popular, not feasible, too expensive to to keep persevering. Yeah, I Perseverance, that's the word that came into my head, is 
um, sometimes it takes people a very long period of time to let go of old ideas. And so it's, I think it's human nature that you're comfortable with something, you've been using a certain material for a very long time, just keep at it. If it's the right thing to do, if it has these benefits that you know are right, um, in our case, materials are lighter weight, they're better for the planet, um, they take less energy to produce, there's so many right things about it, you know it's going to come but around. But when you tell the story that they called you the green lady and basically kicked you out of meetings, that, that had to make you feel inadequate or in, not substantial. I don't know that I felt inadequate. I, I felt like the company wasn't ready or hadn't seen enough hmm. to be convinced. And Good so maybe I'm kind of just really persistent <laughs> to my own detriment. Well, maybe that's the advice that you give when someone, you know, shuts a door on you, rise above. Say, oh, you're just not where my idea is, and, and we're, we're going to get you there. Just and, stick and, with it. And really, I just got back in the lab, produced more data, convinced myself even more, started to convince people within the laboratory that this was a durable, great yeah. idea, great product. And let me tell you, I got people on board from the outside. So the soybean farmers for our first implementation, soy foam, the soybean farmers needed um, the revenue stream. They needed to take their excess crops. And Just hold on. on. For people listening, soybeans are used in seat cushions in vehicles, correct? Every single vehicle Ford makes in North America has soy seat cushions, backs, and headrests. And that started in our little laboratory. That's all you. Yes. Well, not all me. It's our team over a long period of time, you know, and with suppliers and all, you know, we have to have a lot of collaborators. And now you've moved into different car parts. You just announced a partnership with McDonald's. Yes. To use coffee beans to make car parts. So it's it, so weird. So it's the skin off of the coffee bean. So everybody considers that waste. It's called chaff. It's about 4% of the bean itself. Mm -hmm. It's just a little silvery skin. It's very lightweight, and it turns out it makes a very uh, robust reinforcement for a plastic material. So we were currently, over the past 50 years, we've been using a mined material. If you've ever seen a mining operation, it really does destroy a portion of the planet, and you can't recover that. And so this coffee chaff... McDonald's serves a billion cups of coffee every year. And so the chaff is just a waste or a side product of that. Why not use it for reinforcing How do you plastic? think of that, though? I mean, were you drinking a cup of coffee one morning and said, oh, I wonder, I wonder you know, what I do with these beans? Because I would just think, oh, they just disintegrate into the earth. <laughs> yes, so you're absolutely I – would, I walk around the laboratory. I have a hard time waking up in the morning. I'm not a morning person. And so I have this Yet here you are. It's 6 a.m. for <laughs> anyone out there. Isn't that brave? I'm, I'm passionate. Um, big, giant cup of coffee all the time walking through the lab. Morning, afternoon, evening, it's kind of a trademark. And um, one day I just looked at it and said, you know, there's got to be weights with this. Like, and everybody's drinking this. Everybody. And so the team went away and they came back and said, this chaff material, we should try it. And so we're like, who should, mm, why don't we call McDonald's? They serve a lot of coffee. Why not Starbucks? 
And well, McDonald's serves a lot more cups of coffee, I think, a billion cups of coffee. Wow. And so he, another reason is um, uh, McDonald's is very proud of their sustainability mm-hmm. effort. They're really trying to sustainably source coffee. Um, they have an environmental vision that looks a lot like Ford's, mm-hmm. reduce your imprint on the planet. Both headquartered in the Midwest, too. Yeah. Right? And Got so Detroit and uh, uh, Chicago. Yeah, it's funny. It's it. We called up their sustainability officer, Ian Olson, and Ian and I hit it off immediately. And that's part of success is really um, collaboration energy. Yeah. And so Ian had a lot of energy for this. He really wanted to do it. So did we. And so we started off in the lab, you know, trying to figure out how to make the material and make it robust. And here we are today. What are you looking at now? What what? piece of garbage. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we went from petroleum, which takes millions of years to form, Mm -hmm. to um, some of these plant-based materials that take three months, four months to grow. Now we're looking at things like algae that multiply four times their weight overnight, 24 hours. So we can't stop algae from blooming in lakes. What if we could use that as materials? And so we're looking at fast-growing bamboo, fast-multiplying algae, um, if you come to the lab, it looks kind of like between a garbage dump and, let's say landfill, that's a nicer word than dump, uh, <laughs> a landfill and a farm. And so many, many different agricultural products. We've used rice hulls in the F-150 mm-hmm. uh, for electrical brackets, uh, wheat straw. We are looking at currency, so old U.S. currency when it comes out of circulation um, still a really nice, strong fiber, and we've actually made um, uh, coin holders out of money itself. So I think that's kind of that that's is funny. that's ironic for a scientist. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still on this algae thing. I think yes. of algae as like pond scum. Yes. am I right? So it's loaded <laughs> with oil. Okay, and it's really high quality oil, and they're using a lot it a lot in the cosmetic industry for oh. like under eye creams and things like that. Um, but you can take that oil mm-hmm. and do the same chemistry they do with petroleum oil, right? This so you can make plastics. You can make um, many different products it, out of that oil. If you were to fast forward, oh, I don't even know how to word this, but at, at what point are we completely sustainable uh, or uh, sustainability neutral? What, what am I trying to say here? How far can we go with this idea? Yeah. We can go... We're at the very, very, very infancy. So I am very proud of, you know, 12 materials that Ford has in production. Mm -hmm. But realistically, there's a long way to go. But there will be a point when every item we use came from something else. I think that they we they can either be recycled or renewable, so plant based, mm-hmm. and and then we can go back and optimize again. So I think there's a a job here for maybe not me, but my colleagues for a long, long time to try and just reduce our impact. There's a lot of great waste from yogurt cups, from yeah. other industries, other partners that can go in our vehicles. Does this create jobs that we don't know exist right now? Probably a whole big shift in where the you know where people work, mm-hmm. how they work, um, like an optimization type thing. Where people work is interesting. What do you mean by that? Well, instead of working necessarily in petroleum, mining petroleum oil, they could focus on agricultural oils, processing those. So this changes demographics. This changes geographies. It cha- population yes. shifts. Yes, 
Yes, and that's another interesting point. Over the years, we've developed sort of um, local supply chains. Mm -hmm. And so the wheat straw that we use at Ford is grown in Ontario, Canada. And that straw is difficult to compost a big majority back into the soil because it's colder there. And then we assemble that wheat straw at a facility in Ontario, Canada. So imagine if you didn't have to ship materials all over the world, you could use what's locally available. I feel what you're talking about now is it's very trendy to be plant-based, to really care about the planet and sustainability. And we're seeing it a lot in baby products, in items that mothers and fathers choose to spend more money on in many cases for A, the good of their environment, but also B, the health of their families. Yes. So they're more natural products. And I think there's even another aspect. Um, When you're next to a tree-based material, I think you feel better. It's more Mm -hmm. natural. It's it's uh, almost going back to like caveman times, right? So we, we look at does the person feel better and more comfortable in their car if they're surrounded by natural materials instead of synthetic ones? That's very interesting. Debbie, you just opened my mind to a lot. <laughs> it's super fun, right? My perspective has changed. I don't think I would have stayed, you know, working in the same field for this long if it wasn't like super fun. I love it. It's groundbreaking. Going. Yeah, it's groundbreaking. It's, it's, it's really the right thing to do. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.